For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. You can follow all of my coverage of the Pokes at trib.com. Follow me on Twitter at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. Unfortunately, this podcast, we're going to be kind of talking through a tragedy. And uh, even as a reporter, you're a human and you want to kind of express your condolences and sympathy for uh, a story I had to report on last night, Thursday night. Uh, three University of Wyoming swimmers uh, have died in a horrific car crash on 287. It's a uh, familiar tale, unfortunately, for the university over the years, what happens on that road from time to time. Charlie Clark, 19, a sophomore on the men's team, a psychology major from Las Vegas, Carson Muir, an 18-year-old freshman on the women's team who was studying animal and veterinary sciences from Birmingham, Alabama, Luke Slaber, 21, a junior on the men's team studying construction management from Cape, Cape Town, South Africa, you know, all died in a single vehicle crash uh, in Northern Colorado. I just want to personally uh, wish the families um, that they are able to get through this tragedy somehow. I don't know how you do that. Uh, I have two daughters in that age range, and this is obviously the worst possible nightmare. Um, you know, it's not just these three young lives that are lost, but families' lives are forever, um, you know, altered, ruined, whatever. It's just horrible. So to talk about it, I'm bringing in my friend, Robert Gagliardi. I know, Robert, you had to cover Ruben Narcisse, the football player who died on 287 in 2010, I believe. And then obviously uh, the cross-country team lost eight members of that team in 2001, shortly after 9-11. And it's, it's just a brutal thing to have to cover from time to time in this business. You have to cover things that are quite unpleasant. I uh, when I was covering Oregon, a football player died in a car crash, a very popular, beloved football player. Uh, I went to Darren Williams' funeral and covered that with the Denver Broncos when he was murdered. It's just horrible when any young person dies, um, especially young people like this that have so much going for them and have such a bright future. Yeah, you know, you said it very well, Ryan, and it's just, you know... It's it's hard to even fathom to begin with something like this, and you know it's, you know, you're not only does your heart go out to the obviously the the families of these three young people, you know, but also in the entire UW community because this is unfortunately kind of an all too familiar story where, you know, this has happened before to to some of these kids on on this stretch of highway, and you know, due to various circumstances, and it's just like my goodness, you know what 
you know, why and when is it going to stop or will it's, you know, it's just, there's just a lot of emotions. And when you broke, when you had the story last night, my wife and I were sitting there and we saw it and we were just kind of like, just in shock, kind of like, I think a lot of us even still are today. Um, it's just, it's, it's just hard to really put in perspective and put into words, just the feelings, but, you know, heartbreak and heartache and, and everything. And just, just, you know, you, you know, whether you're a reporter or you're in athletics and administration and, you know, you know, Wyoming has dealt with this before, but that doesn't make it just because you've dealt with it multiple times doesn't mean that it's any easier or it's any better or, or this or that, you know, you just, you know, you just think about the, you just, your heart goes out to a lot of different entities here. And, uh, you know, I wish this was something that wasn't familiar for UW, you know, that this is just sad. And you just hope that, in some way, shape, or form that we don't know yet, there there can be some silver linings. This is that some some positives down the road can come from a tragedy like this, maybe. But you know, you just you, you got to grieve. That's part of this process. You got to let that happen. Um, hopefully, you can learn from some stuff. But you just you, you just heart goes out to the fr- to the families, to the UW community, to to everyone. And 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 honestly, we're already kind of seeing some of that outpouring of support coming out. At, you know, at the at the Mountain West Women's Swimming Championships where UW swim coach Dave Deniston is, you know, I saw CSU swimmers with tattoos on their arms, you know, love Wyoming, you know, things along those lines where I'm seeing, you know, former football assistant football coach Brent Vegan and his wife had something on Twitter that their hearts and prayers are out for the Wyoming community. I mean, you're seeing an outpouring of support and that's nice. You'll take any kind of support, any kind of things like that you can at a time like this and it's just, it's hard. It's just, it's, 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 it's a gut punch, you know, and we're not the ones, Ryan, like you said, we're not the ones that lost someone in this, you know, can only imagine what it's like for those, for those families. And just hopefully they can, you know, hopefully they'll be okay. That's all I can really say at this point. Yeah. You know what it's like as a reporter, you're gathering information and, you know, just reporting, working the phones. A part of you is hoping that you just have to delete your file and this story is actually inaccurate and that it wasn't three University of Wyoming swim uh, swimmers that were the victims and that it was, you know, a mis- misidentification or something along those lines. But uh, so your your emotions really aren't, aren't there until the story's over. Um, but you mentioned it. When I saw on Twitter the uh, Colorado State swimming account uh, posted a photo of one of their female swimmers and she had Y.O. and uh, a heart on her arm and uh, a bucking horse decal on her cheek. I mean, I lost it, man. Yeah, I about did too, you know, and just uh, look, you know, it's, it's fun, you know, to one cover sports that you, that you do a great job with that I had the privilege to do for a while. It's fun to follow sports. It's fun to watch it. It's fun to do all this there's some really neat stuff about it, but there's also a very, you know, like a lot of things, Ryan, it's, it's kind of a tight knit fraternity sorority type thing too, where you could be rivals. Uh, you could be, you, you might not even know hide or hair from another team or a person on another, in another program or whatever. And when something tragic like this happens, it's amazing the, the support in the, in the unity that you see. And that's nice in, in, in a world, Ryan, and not trying to get uh 
all philosophical here in a world that's pretty messed up in a lot of ways right now um, across the board to see just see acts of humanity like that, even if it's small gestures like a, a sticker on a cheek or, a, or, you know, some letters on your arm or something, you know, those are some of the things we need to see at this point in, 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 in instances like this. Yeah, it makes a difference. It really does. I think, you know, you feel the love and you hope these families feel the love you know, that's coming from, you know, nationwide. I think Ed Werder is a famous NFL reporter, uh, retweeted my story. The governor retweeted the story, you know, with, you know, with their condolences and it just spreads and you hope the families feel that love. I think what, to your point, I mean, we get caught up in big time college athletics and right now uh, the SEC and Big Ten are going to fight over how much money they can get out of the playoff and squeeze everyone to death and, you know, even on our level, we focus a lot on Wyoming football because it's a big deal and it's the money generator and it's the most second most popular sport in the nation behind the NFL. But you kind of forget at programs, especially the size of Wyoming's athletic department, it's a family. And even though I don't get a lot of time to cover swimming and I don't know these three individuals, they are part of a very tight knit community within a community. I mean, the University of Wyoming is already a very tight-knit community with 10,000 students. It's a small place. It's a small campus. And a lot of like-minded people that love Laramie and understand what it's like to go to school at Wyoming. It's not for everyone. But within that, you're talking about 400 plus uh, athletes that are an even smaller family. And uh, I really feel bad for for Tom Berman because he's kind of in charge of those men and women. And when you lose some of them, even though you have nothing to do with it, and it's just a tragic accident, it's got to hit you hard. And I know I, even Nick Seaman that has to, you know, write basically the obituary. You feel for people in the athletic department that knew these kids and you see their their mug shots on the Wyoming tweet when they announced their identities. And it's just, it's crushing because they're kids. It, it's it, you're right, Ryan, you're, you're hundred percent right on all of that, but also to kind of reiterate your point is, is the, you know, especially at a place like Wyoming, it is a family, it is very tight knit. And, and because of that, I think that also helps them or can, help them and support them in this tough time to, to rally around that where, you know, I, I think probably in most college athletic departments, big and small, Ryan, there's that sense, but I do think you certainly feel it more at the smaller schools like a Wyoming. Okay. And I would probably say, and I know I've been away from it for a little while now, five years, but I would say over the last 10 years. And so that, that kind of, that family feeling, you know, or maybe call it a culture if you want, has really has really grown has really developed and I think it's you know it starts at the top you know from the presence level but obviously it starts with Tom Berman and and the and the and the coaches he's brought in and we're not talking about just about the numbers of wins and losses these coaches are doing but the type of people they are like Dave Dennison the swimming coach you know I never got a chance to meet him but you've seen his story and the you know I just think that that family culture has been has been developed very well by Tom Berman in the administration there and you know it's done for many, many reasons, but also this is this is also another one of those reasons is is to rally around that support, whether it's within those 450 student athletes and the coaches, administrators, 
to support family, to support the friends, you know, everything above. I think this is a time where that family culture and that fam family atmosphere really becomes really important. Yeah. And kind of expounding on my point, I think what we're also maybe losing and we'll see what happens, the courts are going to decide, but there's talk about, you know, maybe football breaking away, at least at the SEC and big 10 levels and then becoming employees and all that sort of thing. And then, you know, the, uh, the naysayers are like, well, okay, we're, well, we're going to have to get rid of minor sports to pay for that or something. I mean, I hope we don't lose that because like these swimmers, uh, the cross country kids, uh, just so many of these sports, you know, they're not doing it for money or glory or anything. They're just doing it because they love their sport and they're really good at it. And it provides so many opportunities uh, for women, for uh, kids that couldn't really afford college in the first place to get, you know, one of these scholarships and compete in a sport they're very good at and to, you know, in, improve their lives in that way. And, and there's something about being on a team that never leaves you. I think, you know, you saw it at Jim Brandenburg's funeral this summer. I mean, players from the late seventies and early eighties are still best friends and, and that sort of thing. So I hope as college football gets bigger and bigger that we don't lose sports like swimming and student athletes like these guys. Absolutely. Ryan, there's a lot more to, to sports than, you know, the business side of it. And I think over these last few years, well, even going back longer than that, the, 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 the focus of the business side of college athletics has grown exponentially, not just in the amount of money we're talking about, but just the amount of ex exposure it's getting and, and rightfully so. But there still is a very core level of college athletics. And that is with, you know, Olympics, Olympic sports for the, for lack thereof. I'd like to see it kind of delve back into the, the football and everything. Cause I think you're just kind of, I think a lot of things get overlooked and are missing and, in big time college athletics these days. But to me, the very heart of, of college athletics lies within, you know, whether you're a volleyball player or women's basketball or wrestling or track and field, what, whatever, that's really to me where the core of, of college athletics is. I think we've kind of lost that a lot with football and, and in some instances, men's basketball. So I kind of wish, you know, maybe in the, in a perfect world, we could get back to some of those things and those principles, but I'm not sure if that'll happen. Yeah. Well, there's no sensible or easy transition to uh, sports, but that's what we usually talk about. And, you know, <clears throat> kind of moving on, Robert, um, some topics that maybe we, we haven't discussed that have cropped up since you were last on. Uh, the 12-team playoff, <laughs> at least for two years, <laughs> is here. And that gives a group of five team a shot at this thing. Just your thoughts on that becoming a reality, at least for 24 and 25 before the SEC ruins it. Well, it becomes more, it becomes more of a reality for a group of five. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. You know, I think if anything, it's just going to have to, you know, whether it's a, a group of five, whether it's a Mountain West team or an Amer whatever, someone has to deliver, you know, it's going to have to deliver the, the goods to, to do that. That's great. You know, and again, going back to what I just said, I guess I'm going to throw the business side of it out. But by expanding it, yeah, the rich are going to definitely get richer with this. But the 
you know, the Wyoming's are going to get more money out of this too. Now, is it life? Is it program altering money, more money? No, but more money is more money. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, where it goes from there. I don't know. I, you know, you mentioned it earlier, Ryan, and, you know, and it's really kind of been talked about for a long time. Look, if these, if it's, if it's the SEC and the big 10 want to break away and do their own thing, you know what, do it yesterday. Let the, you know, I don't mean any disrespect when I say this, but the Wyoming's of the world and and whoever else wants to join them, they are what they are in this in this in this picture. Then let them do their thing too. Let them try to formulate whatever it is if that's their own level of football with a championship game or a playoff system, whatever. Let's just move on with it because it's been this way for years as far as the the money gap and the facilities gap and all these other things. If it's going to be this way, let's just not let's just cut to the chase and let's just get to it. And just, you know, let the the Michigans and the Ohio States and the Alabamas of the world walk all over each other and 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 do everything and let the others let the others do their thing. Um I don't know. I you're right. It's it's leaning toward the SEC and the and the Big Ten just bullying everyone out and just ruining and everything. But let's just hope in that in this two-year window where there's more of an access for their for a group of five, let's just hope they take advantage of it. Because if they don't, it's a moot point. Well, I think it's great because uh, you know, for those who don't know, it's a 12 team playoff starting this season. Uh, the top five conference champions get a buy into this thing. And with the, uh, pack 12 going away, they've changed it from six automatics to five. Uh, so you have the sec champion automatically and obviously big 10, big 12 ACC, and then if you're the Mountain West champion, you have an argument. Now, the Sun Belt champion will have an argument. The American champion will have an argument. But I love that it gives, like they, like uh, Red says in Shawshank, hope is a dangerous thing. Well, I love it because Wyoming's going to have a good football team. Now, you can't, you can't put the horse in front of the cart, or I guess the cart in front of the horse in this case. Uh, I had my analogy screwed up there, but... You can't put the cart in front of the horse. I mean, Wyoming's never won the Mountain West. But now, in theory, if you knock that door down, uh, you have Arizona State, BYU, Washington State, knock off a couple of those teams, win the Mountain West. Wyoming could be the 12 seed playing, you know, number five uh, Penn State or whatever it is in Happy Valley. I mean... That's like going to the Sweet 16 in basketball, in my opinion. So I'm excited about it. I know that uh, it, it's still a long shot, but it, it gives you hope. It gives your players something extra to think about. It gives recruits something to think about um, if you're a Mountain West contending school. It, it definitely does, you know, and, and, and any, anything that you can give them a boost or give more thought to, I think that's that can be a, certainly a positive, Ryan. You know, again, it'll all be determined on the college football playoffs still, and and that's great. But I guess, and I'm not trying to be a cynic here or anything, but uh, you know, the way you just laid it out, that's great for the automatic the champions there. But then, you know, with the with the Big Ten becoming the big whatever, you know, is it just going to be more of the all star ends? Will will a group of five even get there? Will a will a, will the the third the quote unquote say third best team in this new Big Ten conference? be ranked higher than the mountain West champion or even the American or whatever conference you want to throw out there. Um, again, that remains to be seen that, you know, that's all speculation at this point, but it does. 
the the way it's going to 12 teams now there there certainly is more hope and you're you know what when you're in in this group of five world that, that we're in ryan you take anything you can at this point and there is it, there you know it's not false hope it, it is hope how it plays out it just remains to be seen yeah and the sec and big 10 are talking about already expanding it in 26 to 14 and they want you know maybe like four automatic bids each for each of those conferences but I do think no matter what they do, a group of five champion will be in it because they don't want to get sued by the, you know, eight or however many group of five quote unquote conferences are left. They don't want to get sued by those conferences for uh, being excluded. So there's going to be one spot, no matter what, whether it's 12, 14, 16 for a group of five. And, you know, that's a good thing. And the other thing is, you know, the bowl industry is going to be crushed by this, but it's not going away. So, you know, the Mountain West could maybe get some better bowls for the teams that, you know, never make it to the playoffs. So uh, it's just something to think about going forward. But that does start the 12 teamer in 24. So that's exciting to me. And uh, we'll get more into Wyoming football as spring practice nears. Um, you know, Robert, I was going to have. No offense to you, but I had to uh, postpone my guest. I was going to have Kenny Foster on the pod this week to talk about his remarkable comeback, uh, comeback that I've never heard of before, frankly, from an Achilles in four months. Um, I, we decided to postpone it in light of the tragedy. I mean, Kenny and everyone at Wyoming need to just, you know, be there for each other and grieve right now. And, uh, you know, I wanted that to be kind of a fun podcast because Kenny's such a great guy. So, Hopefully we can get that on the books before the border war, but uh, you know, just transitioning to basketball Wyoming hosts Boise state on Saturday, another one of these NCAA tournament teams. It just, it never lets up. They, you know, lost Utah state, their last home game, they lost Nevada in their last road game. And here comes another one. And they're all pretty much the same. Um, in my opinion, based on everything that's happened over the last year, if Wyoming finishes nine and nine and as the seven or eight seed, that's a good season. And I know it's been up and down. It's been disappointing at times, but uh, the schedule is going to lighten up a little bit down the stretch here, but Wyoming still, I think can be the seven or the eight. Um, this is a really tough matchup, but it's going to be an emotional building. We'll see what happens. Uh, just how do you think uh, Linder and company are doing right now uh, when Linder's not uh, in Mountain West jail getting ejected from games? <laughs> well, she must have been really peeved to be ejected that early in a, in a game uh, at, the, at the game in Nevada. But, you know, Ron, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. You know, we've seen some very impressive things from this Wyoming team in, in conference play and arguably maybe the best the Mountain West has ever been to this point. You know, I know the year, what, 2015 or whatever, when they had five in the tournament is kind of the the benchmark of this. I mean, and we're not to the, the tournament yet, but from top to bottom, Ryan, I think this league this year is better than back in 2015. Um, you know, we've seen some dramatic wins and we've certainly seen glimpses of, of, of how of how good this team can be, but we've also seen the glimpses that, that have held it back, you know, is that, that can be frustrating, but you know, we're also dealing with a very good basketball league where your margin of error, I don't care if you're the first place team or you're the last place team, your margin of error every night isn't very thin is pretty, is pretty thin. Um, you know, I would just like to see this team just be more consistent across the board, whether it's 
you know, eliminating, you know, instead of going five or six minutes without a field goal, you know, cut that down to two minutes. You know, you're going to have lulls in games. You're not going to be perfect or anything like that. You know, cut down the turnovers, you know, consistently. I just like to see more consistency. And granted, your opponent's having a lot to say about that. So I, I, I get it. If I just like to see this team be more consistent down the stretch and then just take your chances on a neutral floor in Vegas uh, in a few weeks at the Mountain West Tournament. But I would agree, Ryan, the way this thing shaped up uh, based on what Jeff Linder had to do, um, you know, if they can finish, you know, uh, you know, 500 in conference play in a league this good, at least through the in the regular season, the whole tournament thing is another thing I'm sure we'll talk about down the road. Yeah, absolutely. That would be something. I mean, I think I saw something today, Ryan, where CSU has been is a tournament team is and if if the tournament started today, did I see this right, Ryan? They'd be the seventh seed. <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I like what what Jeff Linder and these Cowboys have done. I would just like to see a little more consistency uh down the stretch and then just just see what where where it gets them. Cause that's all you can ask. That's I think that's all you can ask for from this team at this point. Jeff Linder had some very interesting comments uh on Thursday. Uh, this is before we um, started to learn about the accident, just at his regular media availability. Uh, he pointed out, I mean, this is coaches hear numbers and they don't know for sure. They, they're probably inflated, but the Mountain West teams that are good have, they have their NIL going a little bit. You know, we've talked about New Mexico. They have a really good NIL for basketball, you know, a budget of roughly $1.5 million dollars. Uh, and Jeff kind of said that, in his opinion, from what he's heard from other coaches and agents and, and and everything, when you get the Mountain West All-Conference, the top 10 best players in the league, those guys are probably getting six figures in NIL. Now, he didn't say whether that's 100 grand, 800 grand. I'm guessing it's toward the bottom end there. But that is a major factor at the top of the standings. You have to have all conference players to win the league. Wyoming is not there on NIL. Um, and, and I don't know that they ever will be. So Jeff's comments were interesting to me because I think he's at the point where he's going to stop complaining about things and starting to find solutions. And basically what he thinks the philosophy is going to be at Wyoming as long as he's here, is they're going to continue to find players like Graham Ike that are overlooked um, and that can develop into great players. <clears throat> and their selling point is going to be, you know, you're, you're not, we're never going to have a Finnis Dimbo or a Reggie Slater for four years anymore, probably, unless a kid really loves it here. But we're going to get a Graham Ike again, uh, and we're going to hopefully keep him too hopefully three years. If Graham wouldn't have got hurt, they would have had him three years. And then at that point in their career, they're going to be a Mountain West player of the year or a all-conference player. And if they really want NIL, a Gonzaga, a Kentucky, a North Carolina is going to get them and they're going to get finish their career with that type of money. So um, it's not perfect. It's not great, but it is something where you could have that two, three year window where you get a class like they had with Graham Ikes and, and go to a couple and say tournaments in, in three years and 
you hope they love it and it's all sellouts and they're getting some NIL and they stay and get their degree. But if they don't, you move on to the next group. Yeah, I think that's a pretty accurate way of how it how, how it could be. I, I think, you know, you still got to try to go out, you know, and I know coaches, whether you're Jeff Linder or you're Jay Savell now in for football or any of these any of these coaches, you're going out and you're trying to find the best fit for your program. Okay. I think that's even more important now in this NIL world. Um, especially if your NIL isn't really, you know, on par at least at this point to where even others in your league. I think a big thing for Wyoming though, too, you know, and again, you know, I think it has to, and again, the NIL isn't run by the athletic department. This is all kind of a separate entity, but I think that there has to be more word and more education to fans about what this is and what this, what this means. Cause I mean, I'm not sure. And I'm, this is speculation, Ryan, but I'm not sure if a lot of people, a lot of Wyoming fans really fully understand what the NIL means, you know, when they support Wyoming athletics, they, you know, fans do it in a number of ways here. They do it with obviously Cowboy Joe club donations. They do it. A lot of people, Ryan are, are buying, they, they'll buy season tickets for say football or men's basketball or anything else. And you know, these are people from all over the state that don't go to the games or can't go to all of them, obviously, but that's their way of supporting the program. That's awesome too. I'm not saying that, but I think, you know, maybe there has to be a very hard push, of, like an education push of a push of what this means now and mm -hmm. how people can support, not just people, businesses or whatever can support this. You know, now, will that mean that Wyoming's NIL will be the best ever? No, it, doesn't, it might not result in anything as far as that goes. But I I just wonder if there needs to be more of a, a drive to really push this and educate people about this and then and then see what happens. Um you know, and if you get guys, if, if, if I'll say this, if, if you continue, if Jeff Linder has proven he can bring dudes here, he's even proven it this year that he's got some dudes on this team. Okay. You know, you'll take two or three years over one at this point. And then if you can build some other stuff from within, maybe things change. I don't know, but you know, we'll see. But yeah, I think going in and hoping, well, I'm going to have this team for four years, this core for three or four years. That's that's dangerous thinking at best. Uh, you know, I think you got to be a little bit more realistic. But if you can bring him in and still work on that development, maybe push that player development a little bit more, then you know what? You see see where it gets you. But I, I think that's a very that's a very, very smart way to look at it at this point. Yeah, and Jeff did note that they are very excited about the recruiting class they signed in November. And you just hope that a Cam Manial, uh, a player of that caliber, yeah, I mean, you can see the glimpses. You hope mm -hmm. that he'll think about long-term, like I could enter the portal right now and get some money, or I could stay with Jeff Linder because I'm developing quick. And in a year or two, I'll be at a level where I'll get real money if I really want that. And, you know, why, what's the hurry to leave Wyoming if I'm in line to be a front frontline Mountain West star? I mean, we've seen how good the Mountain West is, so... Uh, right. you got to retain guys like that and then keep building with the recruiting. And then, you know, I think with the success of Aquel Cott and Mason Walters, they're going to be able to get some guys from smaller ponds, you know, at a discounted rate to come up to Wyoming to play in the system. So, um, by the way, I know, uh, I would never tell anyone how to spend a dime of their own money, but if anyone is interested in what this NIL is all about, 
I know that their collective's website is oneyo.org. Uh, that's the numeral one, wyo.org. And they have all the information. I think you can donate. You can say, I want Hunter Maldonado to get my donation and he will, you know, earn that money at the Boys and Girls Club or whatever. It's the Wyoming's is different from a lot of pay for play universities where it's it's based on you donate money and these kids do charitable work and then they get that money. So it's not uh, it's not like uh, they're getting bags of cash to stay at Wyoming or anything like that, like the old days in the SEC and maybe even the uh, old WAC. Who knows? But isn't that the but isn't that the perception that is the NIL out there, Ryan? I mean, you probably I'm sure you have a better case than this. When you think NIL, it's like these guys are getting all this money. But isn't it sound like you're coming here and you're you're here's your money? It doesn't it kind of is oh, yeah. isn't the perception of that's what it what NIL is out there? Absolutely. Like some of these quarterbacks are going from Oklahoma to Oregon and getting one point whatever million dollars. I mean, I don't think they're uh I don't think they're there to, uh, you know, be on the board of trustees of the boy, Boys and Girls Club. I think they're there to cash a big check and lead Oregon to the playoff. Now, um, that doesn't mean that's wrong. I mean, the market is the market. Um, Bo Nix did some wonderful things for Oregon and then for his own NFL prospects. So, uh, you know, water will find its level. Uh, Harrison Whaley will find Wyoming. Um, other Group of five guys will find power five positions. Uh, Ja'Cory Hawkins will come from Old Mills to Wyoming. Guys are finding where they belong, I think. It's not all bad news. It's it's not ideal. You'd like more uh, structure to it, I guess. Um, but it's not all bad. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, Hunter Maldonado making money going to the Boys and Girls Club and working with children. So uh, before I get you out of here, Robert, real quick, I mean, the Cowgirls are coming off a real devastating loss to UNLV in overtime. They were up by eight, couldn't get a point over the last three, almost four minutes of that game, losing overtime. Currently in a three-way tie for second, but they do host one of those other teams, New Mexico, on Saturday. Cowgirls got to turn this around quickly and get a two or three seed. Yeah, that was a... That was a tough one against UNLV. They had them. They had them on the ropes the entire game, Ryan, until the end and couldn't get it done in overtime. But, uh, um, you know, they host New Mexico. It sounds like New Mexico might be a little, or at least I think they lost to Boise recently this week, and they were a little shorthanded from what I gathered. I didn't do a lot of digging into that, you know, but they still got a lot to play from. You know, to me, Ryan, getting a top three seed in the Mountain West Conference tournament is is huge because that gets you – so, I mean, you take care of business. You don't see UNLV until the championship game if you're fortunate enough to get that far. You know, if you're four seed, you may have to get them. This, but to me, I you know, a, a top three seed is or top a two or three seed is still very possible for this team. Granted, New Mexico is one of those teams they're tied with in this little log jam near the top. So, um, hopefully, they can just get back on the winnings on the on the on the winning ways. They were close. Maybe that motivates them a little bit more. You just hope that a that a tough loss like that doesn't kind of put you in more of a spiral, but to be able to do it at home, to play at home in front of, you know, where they, with that energy, I, I think should help them. And I still really like this cowgirls team, Ryan. And I think they got a chance to on a neutral floor, other than, you know, you know, these women doesn't, they, they play in Cox, but they don't play in the Thomas and Mac. At least they don't play in there very often, you know, 
get the cowgirls on 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 a neutral floor in this Mountain West tournament, and I like their chances. So, but hopefully, let's let's hope they can just right the ship a little bit Saturday, get New Mexico, and still get one of those top three seeds. Because if they do that, I like I like their chances in the tournament. Yeah, what I liked about the post game, Heather and the players were mad at themselves. They weren't in awe of UNLV. Uh, McKinley Dickerson flat out said after the game, we're going to play them again. We're going to beat them. So I love that attitude. And they are so close and they have UNLV's number there defensively. I mean, UNLV averages 78 points. They haven't been able to crack 60 in regulation against Wyoming this year. Cowgirls just got to knock down shots in crunch time and they've got a great chance to win the Mountain West tournament. Um, Robert, thanks so much uh, for doing this. It's a tough podcast. Um, I'm really interested to see what the arena auditorium is like on Saturday. I have a feeling it's a doubleheader. The Cowgirls play New Mexico at two. The Cowboys play Boise State at 530. I have a feeling the Wyoming community is going to show up and it's going to be emotional and they're going to honor these three swimmers and it's going to be, it's going to be a, I guess an emotional day and uh, hopefully uh, some healing, you know, happens on Saturday, but thanks uh, so much for doing this and uh, you know, God bless these families. Thanks Ryan for having me. Thanks for letting me talk about it with you. And uh, I agree thoughts and prayers are with the, with, with the families of these, of these three, of these three kids. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, make sure you subscri subscribe and tell a friend, and we'll talk to you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.